So forgiveness and love. What do you think? How are they related? Forgiveness and love. Can we say that forgiveness is nothing more than an expression of love? In 1st John chapter 4 verse 19, John wrote, We love him because he first loved us. So that's what we need to learn, God, God's incredible love that would arouse our love in response. And his love overflows all around us. I'd like to read part of a story from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. This is a very interesting story because you don't find it in the other three Gospels. And sometimes I was wondering why Luke wrote this story in the way he did. You can find something similar in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, Mark, 20, uh, Mark 14, and then John, chapter 12. But Luke's story is different. It talks about love and forgiveness, but he is using or telling the same story you will find in Matthew, Mark, and in John. So please come with me to Luke chapter 7, and I'm reading verses 44 through 50. Luke chapter 7, because this is a long story, I'm not reading the whole story, it would take up too much time, but I'm reading just the end, the conclusion, how Jesus ended this interesting story. And this is, is found in Luke 7 and verses 44 through 50. Then he, meaning Jesus, turned to the woman and said to Simon. So Jesus turned to the woman and he was talking to Simon. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes you turn your head to somebody while you are talking to somebody else. Because the teaching was directed to the man, not to the woman. Very interesting. So he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered my, your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves much, loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? 
Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. If you read this version of the story from Luke, you know the name of the man. His name was Simon or Simeon, which means heard. And you remember the story of Jacob and Leah. Simon or Simeon, same name, was her second son. And then she said, God heard my prayer, and so I am having my second son. But we know the rest of the story that Jacob did not really like Leah because he loved Rachel. So finally he ended up with two wives. He loved one. And he did not like the other one that much. So this is the story, story behind the name Simon. This man, as we know from Matthew and Mark, we don't know it from Luke, but we know from Matthew and Mark that he was a leper. Can you imagine that a leper can invite a huge crowd to his home to have a big party? So what happened to this man? Well, we know from Desire of Ages that Jesus healed this man from leprosy. Try to imagine this man as he was looking at himself and he was full of leprosy. He could smell the rotten flesh of his own body. And this man was, it seems, a Pharisee. Try to imagine him being a Pharisee who followed the law very precisely. And now all of a sudden he is getting leprosy. What questions did he have crossing his mind that I'm doing my best? I belong to this group of people. I am the strictest. I do everything what the law requires. And now all of a sudden I see myself and I am. I'm having white spots everywhere in my body. I'm, I'm rotting away. And I don't feel it. We don't know when and how Jesus touched the life of this man. But if you go, if you are curious enough and you go to Matthew 26, you, you will find the term Simon the leper. Although he was healed, and this is a, a very interesting detail, he was already healed, but still Matthew remembered him Oh, this man, he was the leper. He was a Pharisee, but he became 
a leper, and uh, he had leprosy all over. Then if you go to Mark chapter 14, you will find the same term, Simon the leper. But he was a healed man. Was he really healed? Well, you know what I, I found in, uh, in Desire of Ages? That's, that's amazing. I, I will read just a few sentences. This is um, chapter 62 of Desire of Ages. The title is The Feast at Simon's House. So it seems that Ellen White uh, decided by inspiration to write a full chapter on this story. A long chapter, about 10 pages or more. And then she said he was, meaning Simon, was one of the few Pharisees who had openly joined Christ's followers. There were other Pharisees like Nicodemus. He kept his his uh, acquaintance with Jesus secret. Or there was another man, Joseph of Arimathea. He was also a member of the Sanhedrin. He was probably another Pharisee, but he was a quiet man. We don't read too much about him. But Simon was one of those who openly joined Christ's followers. He acknowledged Jesus as a teacher and hoped that he might be the Messiah. But he had not accepted him as a savior. How is it? So he accepted some, but not everything. His character was not transformed. His principles were unchanged. Could it be that it, it happens to us? We accept some about Jesus, but not everything. So he said, I will join this group because he might be the Messiah. And it's always good to come closer to the fireplace. Why not? He is the Messiah, or he could be the Messiah. I pray twice a week. That's what the Pharisee did. Pray twice a week. He would be the Messiah. And then, Jesus did something to this man. And and let me read uh, from another page, 566. What did Jesus for this man? By curing Simon of leprosy, Christ had saved him from a living death. So he was made whole. His body was like a children or, or children's body. But now Simon questioned whether the Savior were a prophet. 
because something went wrong at this banquet. That's the part which I did not read. All of a sudden, a woman appeared. She was not invited, but she just happened to be there. And this woman decided to do something for Jesus. And that part we read. Because Jesus was explaining to this man that I came in. You did not provide the water for my feet. But this woman, with her tears, watering my feet. And you did not kiss me. There was a sign of friendship. You are welcome to this home. You are my friend. You are within my doors. I am accepting you as part of the family. Did this man forget something? Or did did he feel that um, healing was not enough? He needed something more. And then because he did not receive it from Jesus, he started criticizing him. And he said, if he was a prophet... He would know that this woman said a woman. Who was this woman? Well, we don't really know from this story because her name is not given. If you go to John chapter 12, reading verses 1 through 8, you will find out that she was Mary. She was the sister of Lazarus and Martha. And the whole thing happened in Bethany six days before the Passover. What kind of feast was the Passover? That was the feast of Exodus, the deliverance from Egypt, from the bondage. So the Jews had to go up to Jerusalem. And they, uh, they worshipped God. It was a memorial of God's delivering mercy. God has brought them out of Egypt. But Mary, what happened to Mary? Well, on page 566, um, in the Desire of Ages, Ellen White is mentioning that Simon had led into sin the woman he now despised. She had been deeply wronged by him. So 
So what kind of life did he live? He was a Pharisee. He was following the law very strictly. Prayed twice a, uh, a week. And then he probably gave tithe of everything. He even wanted to honor Jesus because he invited so many friends. And then, so he organized a big party. Just enjoy this time and then good meal together. But as I read in his heart, nothing really changed. His character has not changed. So this man maintained a very critical spirit. And then he said, I'm confused. He healed me, but he doesn't know who that woman is. Is he really a prophet? Is he really the man I am looking for and I want to honor him as the future Messiah? I understand that he healed my terrible sickness and I have my own life again. I can invite friends. I can move back to my house. I can enjoy life without changing his character. So Mary, who was Mary? Well, we don't know too much about her, except that she had uh, a nickname, Magdalene. And we know that she had to move from home to another town I don't want to go into detail what she did there. But um, she went through some very interesting experience. I think if I go to page 60, 560, then we can read something about this lady. The fragrant gift which Mary had thought to lavish upon the dead body of the Savior, she poured upon his living form. So this fragrant oil was prepared for the burial of this man, not for a living person. Why did she decide to pour it on the living one? Jesus said to Simon, Simon, I came in. You did not give me water. You, you didn't kiss me. And the oil. They normally used oil because of the dry, hot season. Just to give moisture to the skin. And if they poured it on the head of somebody, there was a big honor So this woman came, and so she decided that she spends all her money 
And we know from the Gospel of uh, John that uh, Judas was there, and, and he made a comment. He was the finance minister. And so he said, this should have been sold for over 300 denarii. There would be a whole year's of wages. Then give it to the poor. But John is saying, no, Judas was not thinking of the poor. He was simply thinking of money. More money. So he can steal more. But everybody was confused. Why is this thing happening? And so Ellen White is giving us an insight when she wrote that Mary had thought to lavish upon the dead body of the Savior. This is why she spent that much money, 300 denarii, one year of wages. And then he decided to pour it upon the living form. At the burial, its sweetness could only have pervaded the tomb. Now it gladdened his heart with the assurance of faith and love. And as he went down into the darkness of his great trial, thinking of Jesus, he carried with him the memory of that deed. An earnest of the love that would be his from his redeemed ones forever. I came in, said Jesus. You didn't give me anything. You set the table, you have plenty of food, but one thing is missing. We have no connection. No water to my feet. No kiss and no oil. So Jesus expressed something that I don't feel at home. In your home, you thought it would be something, a joyful event. You invited all your friends. You want, you want to enjoy this time. And now I don't feel good. Is it possible that we don't express love the way we should? I remember a story when a man was standing at a gravesite. His wife was just buried there. And he had a bouquet of, bouquet of flowers standing there. Crying, crying, crying. He did not want to leave the place. And someone finally asked this man, Why are you crying? Can I do something for you? He said, No, you can't do anything for me. Why? Then he said, you know, this is the first time I'm bringing flour to my wife.
while she was living, he never decided to give her flowers. But that was too late. We know from the Bible, from the Gospel of John, that Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea decided to bring some spices. When did they do that? When Jesus was already dead. But Mary decided that this fragrant oil should should be sensed or, or, or smelt by all those who are invited to this feast. So she decided to uh, put it on the living form of Jesus. And uh, it's, it's very touching, as Ellen White puts it, Jesus carried with him the memory of that deed, an earnest of the love that would be his from his redeemed ones forever. Mary knew not the full significance of her deed of love. She could not answer her accusers. She could not explain why she had chosen that occasion for anointing Jesus. The Holy Spirit had planned for her. And she had obeyed his promptings. An unseen presence. It speaks to mind and soul. And moves the heart to action. Isn't that interesting? This woman... And I just need to repeat Simon's words. He said, if Jesus knew that this woman is a sinner and now she is touching his feet, what, what is going on? And I, I can imagine Simon look, looked at himself and said, I, I'm a, a healed man, but... I am confused. Who is this Jesus? Is he really a prophet? Or is he or is he going to be the Messiah? But if he was a prophet, then he should know that this woman is a sinner. Well, who was the sinner? Both of them? Who was the, the greater sinner? Well, Jesus said something. Therefore, verse 47, Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, we have no time to discuss in more detail, but I know from scriptures that uh, Mary had suffered from demon, demon activity in her body demonic activity and then uh, she was demon possessed based on the Bible seven times which is worse leprosy or demon possession it's hard to decide but Jesus said she had many sins 
It's no question about her sins, which are many, are, and that's the key point, that are forgiven, for she loved much. And nobody, not even the disciples of Jesus, thought about doing something for Jesus. And I don't know how many people were there in that house. This, this man was a rich man. He was probably one of the leaders of the Pharisees. And so he had a huge house. Could invite about 100 people. In those days, people built even bigger houses than what we, what we see now around them. And uh, they could accommodate about 100 people with no difficulty. Even Roman times, I remember, when they made some discoveries in my, my home country, Hungary, I, I saw the ruins of a Roman villa. Swimming pool in the building. Central heating 2,000 years ago. Huge property. Even in ruins, it's beautiful. So this man must have had a huge house and there was nobody who could think of doing something for this man called Jesus. And then Jesus continued and finished, but to whom little is forgiven. In the Greek it says he. In my translation, I don't know what you have. In my, it says the same. In, in the original Greek text, it says he. So it was everything packed in one sentence. She loved much. He loved little. So little forgiveness, little love. What do you think? How much is forgiven to you? Because based on our own understanding of forgiveness, we would show love. If we are forgiven much, will love much. If we believe we are forgiven just a little, they would generate little love. That's what we need to think this morning. Or rather this is afternoon. The clock is not working. That's my trouble. Sorry, it's just stopped there. But I, I, I want to read you part of another story as a preparation for our foot washing. Please turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. And it was just before the Feast of Passover when the other story happened. There were six days before the Passover, same Passover. 
And now in chapter 13 of John, we find the following. Verses 1 through 5, it says, Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, and the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas, Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he pulled water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then we drop to verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, And sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I, then your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So in this spirit, I'd like to invite all of you to participate in the communion service. And as we normally do, do, we go downstairs, and there's a separate room for ladies and another room for men. And so we we just do it in remembrance of Jesus as a service of humility. Please join us.